Hello and welcome to Brits on Flicks, your monthly movie podcast where we sometimes discuss, deliberate and dissect a movie of our choosing. Except this month, where because of extreme technical difficulties, not through anybody's fault at all, um, this month's episode of 12 Monkeys will not be coming until August. So instead of that, we're just going to have a random movie chat with uh, my good bud, Brian. Brian, how are you coping just now? All right. I'm not sure my tablets are working particularly well at, at this time. <laughs> what can you do about it? Uh, yeah, just ticking on like everyone else. Yeah. yeah, I'm in a blessed position. Got a roof over my head, clothes on my back, food on my table, so I can't really yeah. complain too much. Um, and of course, the, the world is, is starting to slowly eke back into somewhat normality. And with that, we have the, the reopening of cinemas coming soon. Now, I'm really kind of curious about what's your thoughts on, on these opening? Are you going to attend? Are you worried about uh, the implications of going to it? I'm not, to be honest. I, I get told by people all the time that I should be, and I do feel... I, I get... The, the fear is genuine, and I get why. And I'm not one of those people who's, like, down on... You know, like people wearing masks and stuff. I think that's a good, that's a good thing. It's good practice. I think you should do what you know what they're what they're telling us to do. Uh, and I do think that people who don't do what they're telling us to do are, are kind of idiots. Um, mm. But I, I think when the cinema is open, they're gonna they're gonna open. You know, not not they're not gonna be stupid about it. They're gonna space seats apart. They're not gonna fill the auditoriums. Uh, so they will, you know, instigate social distancing practices, things like that. Mm. Um, and as long as you're not silly about, you know, the way you go about things, then, then I don't think there's too much to be worried about. So for me personally, yeah, I'm, I'll be, I'll be first in line because I'm really missing, uh, my, my, my cinema days. Uh, but, um, I, I, I think for me, it, the decider is, is Tenet. Yeah. You know, they can open the cinemas whenever. Um, and I, I'm not overly fussed about most things that are going to be on. But if Tenet opens or Dune opens, then I'm there. Mm. And, and then the new Bond. They're, they're kind of the big three for me for the rest of this year. Yeah. That might be throwing Bill and Ted. <laughs> Just going. Not interested. Not interested. Like, I'm curious. I'm really curious about that. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm over interested. I, I just, I, I'm a little bit 
trepidatious about it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I got an email through yesterday from my local cinema just saying how they're planning out the seating map uh, and it looks fairly well done. But most of the time, I've got a couple of friends who I go to the cinema with and we usually travel in the same car, which I don't know if we're going to be doing. If it's going to be better, just going myself. Um, I don't see me going initially straight away and maybe leave it a week or so because honestly, I don't think they're going to have anything to show straight away. I think it's going to be well, all older yeah. movies. Well, I know the they are like my so so mine's Odeon. I mm-hmm. I know Odeon and I got the mail from them, and one of the films that is going to be opening, as as you know, as if as if somebody up there is deliberately trying to entice me out, is The Dark Knight. So okay. <laughs> so they're bringing back my favourite movie of all time which I saw at the cinema eight times anyway when it came out. So I do have to kind of ask myself, do I really need to see it at the cinema again? Uh, and it's only one show anyway, so you, unless, you go, unless you're happy with a 7.50 show, then, then you're kind of screwed. But mm. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to, they're going to bring out some big hitters of the past first just to get test the water a bit, see who wants to come out um, before they go for... You know, the big new releases, but it would it would definitely take something spectacular if they're just releasing some of the, the recent Marvel movies or some mm. of the recent big cinema. I'm not that interested. If mm. it turns out there's I don't know, see a, a pulp fiction or, or a good fellas or something mm. like that, like I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> it's just you know, you don't really have nineteen a... be screwed down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think for me, for me, I I I can forego seeing The Dark Knight again just because I've seen it so many times at the cinema. But I think the one that would coax me out uh, would be the nineteen eighty nine Batman, um, right? Okay. Which which I missed on the re releases mm. uh, recently. They did they did like a twentieth anniversary re-release which i unfortunately missed i was gutted because it's the only batman film that i've not seen in the cinema uh so yeah yeah it's just one of the things i'm really curious about and i know it's been mentioned that they've they've pushed a lot of movies back to august and further on so you've got things like tenet wonder woman uh, the the bigger releases these things are going to be impacted in their box office it it can it can't not be with social distancing say they're even taking out half the seats in an auditorium this is mm. going to really impact so what what's the benefit for companies putting them out what do you think like putting out tenant when they're not going to maximize the money you'd imagine that these corporate companies want to squeeze as much cash out of it as they possibly can i, I think i think that the benefit probably comes from a more staggered release schedule so yeah there'll be you won't get as many bums in seats but i don't think they'll be putting as many films out Mm, so like normally you'll get the big release out and then you'll get you know three smaller two or three smaller releases around that Mm. if you're jettisoning the the two or three smaller releases and you're literally just you know like normally you might have a 10 screen cinema and the the biggest release will get like three possibly four screens Mm. Um, well, if you're now getting like three releases within a, within a cinema, ten screen cinema, one of them's your big release on eight screens, and then the you know the, the two smaller ones gets a screen each. Then I think you balance it out that way. So I think I think that's 
the key is just that releasing new stuff, but not as many. Uh, the ones that you feel you can hold back on, push to next year. The ones that you haven't put a lot of money into publicizing anyway. But when you've got something like Tenet or like Bond, you've already put so much money into marketing. I mean, like you, you think of the, bu the budget of a film. Yeah. You, you 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 put that on again for marketing, yeah. you know. So um, so yeah, if, if you got a hundred and fifty million dollar film, you're talking hundred and fifty million dollar marketing budget on top of that. So if you if you if you have these big releases that have already had their marketing push, like you know Bond and, and <coughs> Tenet have literally already had their marketing push, people were waiting for them. If you're going to say right, we're pushing them back to next year now, does that then mean that when next year rolls around and the release date comes up again, you're then going to put all that money back in for the second time. So either way, you're kind of having your nuts cut off. So I think the 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 thing to do is release your big hitters, the ones you've already put all the marketing behind, spent all the money on, release them as as close to the original release dates as you can while they're still in people's minds. Um, and yeah, do it without releasing your smaller films, which you can save for later because you've not yet spent the advertising money on. Um, and then, yeah, so you give, you give more screens to it, even though there's less people in those screens. Do you know if, if productions have started back up again? Have they started making things? Or? I, I believe so. Cause I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'm with uh, a casting agency mm -hmm. uh, for, for extras. Uh, and they've started up again. You know, they've they've sent emails out saying that they're, they're getting back into business. They're obviously putting a lot of um, things into place with regards to how you know how you operate on set and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, they're 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 certainly now starting to feed the production companies extras and, and walk-ons and things. So. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to do that if they're not in production. So, yeah, cl clearly I think they are, but I think they, they'll be moving at a much slower pace mm. than usual. So, Yeah, because you, you've even seen it now with video on demand. There is a remarkably little amount of movies coming out there. Um, and mm. most of the stuff that's coming out seems to be the kind of dregs that have been held back almost. Yeah. yeah so yeah. It, It's a great time for... Um, really independent filmmakers because <laughs> it, yeah. it, like the, the, all those uh, streaming services now are, are really running out so like you say yeah. they're having to scrape the bottom of the barrel so if you're you know if you're when i talk independent filmmakers i'm not talking about your alejandro gonzalez in your no. birdman which is a 30 million dollar independent movie no, i'm talking about people who've literally spent peanuts on 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 making a film that would normally end up on DVD with a, with a really great cover art that is probably more expensive than the actual film itself to entice people to watch it. So those I, people, now's your time to sell your movies to the to the streamers. Well, well I, I wonder if there's some creative person out there who, who's ran out with a small crew and, and did a, a post-apocalyptic movie in one of these big cities with them being empty. Think of that production value. I know. Um, I know. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, I suppose since we've been kind of stuck away with no cinema to go to, I take it you've been watching, or have you been watching a lot of things in the house? 
I, I've I've been watching a lot of stuff, but uh, to be honest, I've been oh, not catching up, rewatching. I, I think this goes back to uh, what I was saying about my tablets. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not, I've been watching a lot of Smallville recently, so I just, I've just put a, yeah. a review for Smallville season one up on my YouTube channel, and it's because whenever I'm in that mind space where I'm just I'm just not with it. Smallville's like that kind of happy place that I go back to. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just an easy, easy watch. And there's something about it that makes me feel quite happy. And, and I can just forget, you know, what's going on in the world for a bit. So I've been, I've been watching a lot of Smallville. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Marvel movies recently in order to do this 31 on 31 thing that we've got going. But um, yeah, uh, let me flip to my letterboxed because but well, in the meantime what about you how have you uh i know you've been putting reviews up every day on your channel so you've clearly been watching yes I, i've been i've been delving into my library just pulling out movies at random making sure that everything i purchase gets watched which is my thing i've been my my new year's resolution and i have kept up to that which i'm really happy about and watched more um i i Sometimes watch the odd TV series. Um, sometimes I'll take a, a, I'll go on a run of two or three. And recently, actually this morning, I just finished the first season of Hunters on Amazon Prime. The Al Pacino thing. Yes. Yeah. And it was fantastic. One of the most uh, addictive ones that I've seen recently. You know, do you know much about the plot? I don't. How many episodes is it? Ten. 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 But, okay. Um, the, the first episode's like 90 minutes and then the rest of them are like an hour to an hour and 10 minutes. Um, so it's basically set in 77 and we follow a group of Jewish people who discover that Nazis are living uh, in America and they just start hunting them down to take them out. So it's great. Um, and Al Pacino's in it, there's a bunch of other people in it. It's just really fun. That, that that sounds like something that would interest me actually. Um, a bit of Jewish vengeance. Jewish and it's it's one of these shows where nobody's safe. Right. Okay. You know, but you start off with like a cast of like eight, and by the time you get to the the end of the series, it will be halved, and it, right. it it's surprising what happens it, to these people. It, is it one of those shows that? feels like it needs a season two or is it something yes. you could walk away from? right okay right. as soon as it, like well it is contained but at the end of season one i was desperate to click for the next episode so yeah, yeah like i mean what i mean though is is like if 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 you never got a season two now would that be a satisfying ending yeah it's a yes and no because right. of that cliffhanger like, I want to know more. Right, okay. Well, that, you've answered my question, really. But when you say the word cliffhanger, that, that pretty much well, answers my question. It's, it's not like all, all our main characters are, are in places, and that's fine. But there's a little tacked-on bit that introduces a big character who you're just like, oh, oh, this makes me want to sit up and pay even more attention. Okay. And I wonder where this is going to go. Right. But the main story's kind of complete. So, yeah, it's super fun. Okay, because I, I watched two TV shows recently. Um, the, the, the 
coming off the back of my Smallville kick, I'm, yeah. uh, I've been doing a bit of a Michael Rosenbaum kick as well. So, okay, guy, guy who plays Lex Luthor. Um, I, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Rosenbaum. I just I, I listen to his podcast and I just mm-hmm. find the dude hilarious, um, and he's so open as well on the podcast about everything that you kind of feel like you know the dude. Um, but, but but yeah, it just made me want to check out more of his stuff. And obviously, he's, he's not he's not had the the most um, prolific film career or, or anything like that. But uh, but I've been checking out some of his stuff. Um, I've been checking checking out some of his stuff, like the the film he wrote and directed called Back in the Day, which is actually pretty good. Uh, film Remember called Sorority. Pool pool hall junkies. Pool Hall Junkies, yeah. I, I've not mm. seen that one, but I do I do want to get around to watching that one. Um, Sorority Boys, which I wasn't expecting to like, but I really did. It was so hilarious. Um, it's a, he, he, so in this, in Sorority Boys, he, he, he and two other friends, they're, they're, they're like part of a sorority and, and they're... Um, the, the, the proper womanizing douchebags, you know, the typical kind of jock assholes. And uh, they, oh, what, what, what was the reason for it now? I can't remember the reason. Either way, they have to dress up as women, basically, to get right. to get into a, a, a women's sorority. Because, yeah, and I can't remember why they're trying to get in there, but basically... The, experiencing stuff then from the woman's perspective turns them, you know, it, it, it highlights their sexist natures and this, this, that, and the other, and they learn the lesson, blah, blah, you know, you know where it's going. It writes itself. Uh, I know when it came out, a lot of critics talked about how it was a really sexist film and you're kind of yeah. like, it kind of has to be because that's the point these, these these are three sexist guys, and the whole point is that they learn that they are sexist. So, so to me, that just felt like a really ridiculous criticism. Um, but anyway, the film is really funny. I, I I I just I was in hysterics through much of it, and a lot of that is because of Rosenbaum and mm-hmm. just his ridiculous looking <laughs> costume. Like n- none of these three guys look like genuine women you know it's like so blatantly obvious <laughs> it fell down the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down but it, it's just it's that ridiculousness about it that kind of i don't know that that adds adds to the film's charm um and another one i saw again because of rosenbaum is a it, yeah a, the neighbor it it's not a great film uh, but Rosenbaum was good in it. He played like a douchebag neighbor. Um, and yeah, but yeah, that's it. Uh, beyond that, I saw a Ken Costa film called The New Daughter. Right. If you've seen that one, pick no, that up. For, right, I got that for two pound at um, Poundland, mm. and it was all right. It was it was good. It, it felt a bit. 90s thriller-esque mm-hmm. um but the ending kind of the ending goes dark and i didn't expect it to it doesn't have the ending you'd expect so it's about uh this family that move in to this new house and there's a mound on the back and 
an ancient Indian burial ground. Um, and uh, because of this mound, stuff starts happening with the daughter. Um, she she changes. She become she becomes a new daughter, and it's just about Costner's father trying to get to the bottom of it and and save his daughter. But uh, yeah, it, it you know, I guess I was expecting. Well, I won't say any more about it. But if, if you ever watch it, it's worth watching. It's not it's not a great film. It's you know it's a solid three star film. But I I think it's got merits um, where often films of that nature. Kind of, kind of don't. Um. Yeah, I, I watched. Um, we'll talk about some recent movies. Actually, I watched three recently on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I should give a quick shout out to the, uh, one. I'll talk to that I'll save for last. So first up, um, there is The Vast of Night, which is a fifties set science fiction movie. Um, basically, between a, a telephone operator and a radio DJ, as they encounter a strange frequency over the airwaves, and um, it leads down the kind of alien invasion, almost or, or alien visiting Earth kind of route. It's very Twilight Zone-ish. It's kind of fun and interesting. Kept me curious about what was happening, um, but it has some artistic decisions that I don't think fully land and some contrivances with the plot just to get points out there, but it was an interesting watch. Um, I watched 7500 with Joseph Gordon-Lovett, and he's a co-pilot in a plane as terrorists try to take over. And it's basically, he's in the, the cockpit, he's locked behind the door, they can't get in, and it's basically just him for 90 minutes trying to deal with the situation. It's a bit like Locke in that fashion, but it was really well done, a really good right, little So, so does, it, does it all take place in the cockpit then? Yep. Yeah. Oh, all right, I, I do like those kind of movies, so I'll check Yeah, it, it's good, but there's other characters as well. He's got a camera, so you can see just outside the door. He's kind of talking right. to the terrorists. He's talking to the, the, the place where he's going to land. Um, there's real weight behind it because people are getting hurt because of him. And, and it's like, does he save a few or does he save a lot? By, by right. making, and it, it really is pretty fun. It's 90 minutes and it's a great performance by him. I would thoroughly recommend that one. And um, last is from 2016, A Dark Song. Have you heard of this one, Brian? Nope. Low budget uh, movie, but it, it doesn't feel low budget. Basically, you've got these two characters. They're in a large uh, mansion in Wales, and you get one woman who is kind of damaged, and much so that her son was murdered, or her toddler son, and she brings in this guy to help, and he's an occult specialist. And these two people are going to cast a spell so that she can talk to her son one last time, get a little bit of closure. But it's not like it's not like the usual kind of magic stuff. They, they say right at the start, this this is repetition. This is doing things by stages. This spell will take somewhere between six and eight months to complete, and they have to complete and and repeat things and, and constantly go through these motions. And it's really well done, and it's great atmosphere. And I think it's it, it kind of is supposed to be a slow burn, but it's captivating. You don't feel it. You're just you're just drawing in, watching this meticulous nature of these spells being cast. And the two characters that are kind of, uh, don't mix well, are really interesting as well. It's one of those just brilliant movies that I'd never heard of. Uh, somebody recommended it to me and I loved it. What was that called again? A Dark Song. A Dark Song. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Really, really uh, good movie. So I've 
also been okay. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, I've so I, I've, I've been watching all the Harry Potter movies. I've just got the last one to go. Um, so yeah, I've been really enjoying them actually. And uh, this time around, there's been a few uh, changes in the way I would rank them. So that that's been interesting. Um, okay. But uh, I. Have you seen this documentary, 13th? Nope. So it's it's a film by Ava DuVernay. Um, oh, right, okay. The, 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 yeah, I've seen it advertised. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, just, obviously, it's, it, it's, a, it, it's a very particular narrative about US history, um, mm-hmm. and obviously it's coming at it from a very particular point of view so obviously you have to take that into account when you know when 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 watching it that this it is a very biased kind of view in in that respect but it's still very compelling and it's still very hard to argue Mm. with with the stance that it takes and with the points that it makes um i'm not sure i'd want to argue with them you know but um but it basically traces, you know, like the last hundred years of American history and how mostly the prison system is is geared towards essentially taking the place of slavery. Uh, so while they abolished slavery, so to speak, in its mm. original form, there is there are, there are there are articles written into the constitution which basically say uh so so no, no man will be held as a slave un, I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing here unless they are a criminal in which case you know they they waive their their usual rights and, and they can be put to work so you know you, you think about chain gangs you think about modern day factories in prisons because we have you know a lot of stuff that a lot, a lot of stuff that's manufactured these days actually is done so in prisons by 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 a labor force in prison and, and the number of prisons has like staggeringly increased just within the last 20 years and it's so, so it's, it's making this connection about how um they've managed to criminalize the black man get him into prisons and then they've got basically a slave labor force um and like i say you know it sounds you say that and 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 it kind of sounds like a conspiracy theory but when you watch the film and you listen to certain experts talking historians and whatnot it's very compelling it's it's Mm. it's a very believable argument and it is one of those things that i think because of the conspiracy theory nature of it it would be very it, it it's probably very easy to dismiss and for a lot of people they'd watch the film be relatively shocked and then forget about it and that's it move on with their day nothing's going to change but yeah i i think it's i think it's essential viewing i think given the current climate given what's going on uh i think you know as a white guy (laughs) i i think you owe it to yourself to watch it and you know and, and like i say it's not you don't feel like you're just sat in history lesson or anything like that it is genuinely compelling you watch things in it and you think bloody hell did not think of that you know and and the way it unravels history is is yeah 
extraordinary. So, I mean, it was that one. Maybe stick on today. Um, got, one last thing, I suppose, I'll talk about. Um, I was recently on a, a, a live stream, and we were talking about like blind spots, like big movie makers that you've just never watched anything of, or somehow it's, you've just never got around to it. And I mentioned that I had never seen uh, a Kurosawa movie, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Just one of those things. So a viewer very kindly sent me a package, which was the, the Criterion package of Yojimbo and Shinjiro. So uh, I, I sat and watched both of them. Hey. Um, and Yojimbo was good, pretty great. Um, I think it, it lost a little bit because I'd seen the story so many times, you know, because it's been ripped off and remade countless times, mm-hmm. whether it's... Uh, a uh, fistful of dollars, Miller's Crossing, Last Man Standing. It, it, it's been done. So I think it lost a little bit of the surprise because of that, but it still was expertly done and, and was really great. Uh, and then Sanjuro was a goddamn masterpiece of a movie and, and one that it's, I it's just loved. It's my favourite. It's my favourite Kurosawa. Uh, uh, that, that final shot, you know, the, the <laughs> battle, and it's just done in one. Yeah. But, yeah, just, uh, you know, I... I I love Sanjura. Um I've only seen it once. I say I love it, but I've only seen it once. Yeah. Um, I've seen six, I think, Kurosawa films, possibly mm. seven. Uh, uh, seven Samurai, Sanjuro, uh, Ran, uh, High and Low. Uh, there's, yeah, a couple more. So I, th- I think about six I've seen, um, and Sanjuro has been my favourite. So uh, Yeah. Sanjuro for me was a five out of five straight away instant classic. I loved everything about it. The whole I wasn't expecting the, the whole comedic aspect of it, but it's just it's funny. There's one moment where they're they're watching the house where the kind of counselor guy has been held or they think he is, and he crawls away around a city little pond, and everybody else kind of crawls behind him in a circle. Mm-hmm. And it's just it was one of those. It's ridiculously funny. It looked cool. And there's so many moments like that throughout the movie. The violence was great. The story was just simply wonderful. Um, and I just loved that character who just seemed almost bored by everything that was going on. And it was just like, oh, fine, I'll tell you what to do. And then just like people are coming out with things and he's like, oh, you're an idiot. Oh, right, this is what you're going to have to do. But he was more than capable to handle it. It's just utterly wonderful, looked amazing. Um, and I think I think your Jimbo's regarded as the better movie, but... Not for me, not for me. Um, so the, the one Kurosawa, I, I will get to more, but the one that I, I really want to watch is High and Low. I don't know why, but that just when it just appeals to me. It's, it's good. I think you'll love it. I think you'll yeah. really love that one. Um, mm. yeah, that was a wonderful low. package. Mm. Great gift. Uh, speaking of wonderful packages, uh, I got, so it was my birthday uh, recently, and mm. I finally got it. I see it behind you. I finally got it. So, yes, uh, I, I really wanted this set uh, back in December, November, December time. Um, and it was just so expensive. It was, it was like 150 quid. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't justify it. I was just like, oh, man. Because I've never seen any of the films. Mm. And it could, you know, but even so... I love samurai movies. I love Jap- Japan. I love Japanese films. You know, there's a 
Zatoichi versus Sanjuro in that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw, can't wait. Um, but uh, so, yeah, just really great kind of package. Just the, the book that you get with it. The artwork, a write-up on each of the films. It's just, like the, that book alone, you know, if you, if you saw that in like Waterstones or whatever, mm. would be a really great purchase on its own. Um, and then you've got the box Good set. on Annie for getting it. I hope she, yes. I hope she got it at a good price. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> good enough. Uh, I'm just glad I've got it. But yeah, so that you've got, again, Really nice set, the way it's laid out. Absolutely love it. Um, there's like 30 films in it, something. Mm. Um, 25, yeah. Uh, if I... 25, yeah. 25 movies of Zatoichi. Uh, Zatoichi. Um, I've, seen, I've seen the one um, from, was it 2002, mm. 2003, something like that. Uh, and I, I absolutely love that one. So if, if it's that kind of if it's that kind of stuff, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to be well up for that. So I'm looking forward to just diving into those Atochi movies. And uh, yeah, I'm incredibly jealous. I'd like to get it myself, but like you say, it's, it's expensive. Oh, I thought you had it. No, I, I don't have it. it. Oh, no. oh, right. Okay. No. Remember, I, I, I did. Order it with there was that price glitch at Amazon. Yeah, I think. yeah, but but I thought you ended up with one. No, I thought you. So I, I thought because I know you went for that the thing because of the price glitch. But I thought I thought they just let you have the one and you had to give up the other one. No, no, they cancelled. They cancelled both. Oh man, that so sucks. yeah, um, I don't know if it's because I went for two, but I, I never got it. So oh man. Yeah. I, I was hoping you did have it, to be honest, because I thought we could go through them together, maybe do some kind of series. Maybe you, you sometimes get a Black Friday deal. Um, mm. where I've seen it dropping to about £75 or something, so maybe if I, if I have the money round about then, I'll go for it, because if I know we're going to do something, then that would make it a bit palatable. I mean, it's yeah. you're getting 25 movies for 75 quid. It's three bucks a movie. When you uh, break it like that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll we... Call it quits on this one, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So well, thanks for listening. Please be patient. Two of Monkeys is coming. We have both watched it. We do have thoughts on it. And we will get it to you as soon as possible. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. And you may ask yourself, where is that large automobile? And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful house. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife.
yourself, what is that beautiful house? You may ask yourself. 